0: You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast,
1: a UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Matt Smith.
2: Well, you right there Carlos, you got touch the giggles there? <laughs> well hello
1: and welcome to episode number 139 of the Plain Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me in the kitchen studio, back in the kitchen studio yeah. this week is my co-host Matt Smith. It's been a while isn't it, it's been a long time since we've been in the kitchen studio it has to be said. What actually made me laugh in the chat yes, room yes, there I'm, intrigued. Was, I'm going uh, to have to
2: bring the chat room off if it's going to be this funny. I'm I know, <laughs> uh, you can bring it up on the... On yeah no,
1: I can uh, So to, to Fernando, Fernando in the chat room uh, put on the uh chat rob that Matt looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the photo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um. Uh, Right, okay, I'm slightly offended by that, Uh, or at least least, Arnie, yes, he will be back, and uh, on that, as I say, it's a little prerequisite, we do actually have, uh, we're going to launch our caption competition, our Christmas competition this year, rather than the question is actually going to be a caption competition, Mm. we'll pop the picture up for that uh, in a moment, Uh, but
1: uh, yes. So uh, the date today is the 19th of November, it's just coming up to uh, 25 minutes past two in the afternoon. And uh, yeah, thank you for everyone for joining us in the chat room as always. The usual, uh, the usual crew all joining us in the chat mm-hmm. room, watching on uh, YouTube, 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 yeah. and uh, yeah. So good afternoon, good evening, good night, good. Good whatever it is, <laughs> wherever you are, watching in no, the we world. Go.
2: Another, da- another, gate,
3: day day no, another day yes, gone. day. absolutely.
1: So we've got loads of news stories this week uh, yeah. in the commercial segment, some quite interesting ones. We've got a little splittering of some military news. Hopefully we can fit that in, along with a really, really, really good segment from uh, Pilot Pip this week, uh, who sent us in uh, a really good audio segment this week yes, for, uh, for yes, the show. Absolutely. For you to listen to. and mm. uh, And, yeah, and we have also this week, got dragged back
3: yes kicking, um, and screaming, kicking
1: and screaming every single millimeter oh, yeah. of the way um so but he's just, not watching football he's not no. No. <laughs> so just in case uh anything explodes yeah. uh we thought we'd better have yeah. an, another additional backup of
0: tech help so uh welcome onto the show neville bounds hi carlos hi matt hope everybody is well mm. uh yeah it was a question i could you know i could either wash the car this afternoon or or join you guys but I thought, uh, yeah. do i detect it's a little bit more celtic uh, the normal in the kitchen studio today? Possibly, yes.
2: <laughs> there, might be, there might be some fun again. It's <laughs> a long story, basically. I, I, I had a very late night last night because I was having to work. I at, thought you were uh, clubbing. Uh, uh, yes, that's right. Yes, I was clubbing. Yes, I went, yes, at At, at uh, there's uh, Anybody who's uh, ever looked, seriously, look it up. It's, it's, they're celebrating their 40th year. It's the Thirstford Collection, and they do an amazing Christmas concert. I know it's only November. Calm down, everyone. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, so, But of course, it, it meant I didn't get back to Beckles until gone midnight last night and it's a couple of hours by the time you've wound down and all the caffeine that you put in your system has calmed down and... Things like that, and then I had to go and deliver parcels, and then the machine that does all the parcels had broken down, and so I couldn't go out until sort of like nearly twelve o'clock. By the time I'd gone out to deliver it, but anyway, this has got nothing to do with aviation. I don't think anyone cares. Uh, <laughs> needless you know to say, I'm a bit tired, and so yes. poor cut poor. Uh, everybody needs to actually unusually feel very very sorry for Carlos. <laughs> yeah, today. feel sorry for Cause, me because because I have been absolutely vile to him most of the morning. So uh, there we are. See, even yeah. I can be grumpy. He's been are. a right grumpy. I mayor. have been a right grumpy man. Right I'm grumpy yes, man. Well know this because I'm nearly forty, dear boy. That's it. I've reached Oh that, yeah, your party's reached, coming up soon. Indeed, I've reached that point in my life where I don't care anymore uh, and I've just become a grumpy old man. I know. I know. Indeed, what are you doing?
1: So don't forget uh, all your listeners listening who want to send in some uh, some audio feedback from that special birthday gift, send it in to uh, to, to me uh, at the at the show podcast at plaintalkinguk.com and uh, yeah, thanks for that. Anyway, so... There's no point, uh, I'm not here next week. <laughs> yeah, I know you're not here, that's the best part about it. I can say whatever I like about you uh, next week because you're really not
2: worried. here. Uh. Don't, don't tell You'll me. You'll be that. watching from uh, your phone. <laughs> yeah, I'll be watch- yes, Commenting in the chat room, yeah. I expect, or something. Basically, because it, uh, we've got lots of family coming from Ireland and all that kind of thing. So I'm very, very sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm going to excuse from next it week's excuses. show. I'm very sorry. But uh, he, even Carlos won't tell me who he's got lined up for next no, week. No, because so. I don't know yet. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you were just being very cagey. <laughs> no, no, no.
1: I am in, I'm in talks with a certain t- chap, yeah, Ooh. to work Ooh, to you come make it in sound
2: like, I don't know, I don't, you make it sound like something. Not at all. No. Okay. All right. Anyhow. Uh, right. Anyway, so yes. But, we, uh, uh, but with that, with that on, uh, inside, because I'm very excited because the legend that is Nev and Mrs. Nev are actually coming to the party. They you? are. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Mr. Mrs. Can Nev be will fun? be at yeah, the
1: party with me and uh, Matt.
2: I notice you've been perusing the menu even now, Nev. Are you, are you in danger of changing your <laughs> oh, mind?
0: <laughs> no, no. I, I, I've chosen the uh, the stuff, but uh, I'm just keep looking at the menu. It's just superb. The food yeah. at this place is unbelievable, of course, and you've, I can you've uh, been before, you know yeah. have got, got first hand experience of it as well. Really nice.
2: Place isn't that it? it is. It is a lovely place, and I can't wait. It's kind of I, I don't know how she's. Con- I don't know how because there's forty. But I've got forty people who want to come spend my uh birthday with me. Forty mm. people. I don't know, but I, I don't know how she's going to get forty people into the restaurant. But we'll see. Uh, so we've got a, fun. some special thanks
1: to do um quickly at the beginning of the show. Okay. A bit of housework, right? Okay, of, yes. Uh, as indeed. it's uh, as it's sort of towards the uh, towards the end of the month.
2: Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> he yes, as he absolutely. frantically presses okay. the music, <laughs> I do love it when he surprises me. I know, <laughs> I do like. Oh, there you go. Is that better? Oh, I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yes,
1: it's our amazing Patreons uh, who who help us uh, with this show each month, and uh, just a bit of. Uh, we haven't had any new Patreons this month, but I th- we like to kind of give uh, everyone who donates to the show a kind of uh, inkling as to what we do with the money. So this this month, um, we actually had our website. Um, so oh, it's uh, renewal time. Words, isn't it? renewal sign, yes, yeah. Yes, so, uh, with uh, with the wonderful GoDaddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, the engineering tool that we they, use. They for don't give the us website. free stuff, you know. No, unfortunately, go daddy. <laughs> GoDaddy don't. No. Yeah. Uh, so keep, saying,
2: keep saying their name. Is it three times and no, it's no. the magical number? I yeah. Know. Say GoDaddy one more
1: time. Go okay, on. Okay, GoDaddy. GoDaddy. <laughs> So this month, uh, our Patreon uh, money went to pay for our, our, our another year's worth of website yep. updates and, and hosting and stuff. So, uh, a big thank you to all our Patreon donors to the show, who very kindly donate per episode. Uh, don't forget that that money it does, like I said, helps to well heaps helps to keep our show running. It certainly does.
2: Absolutely. Sorry, um, I'm, ch- I'm, I'm in the chat room. Oh, so, don't, don't room. mind me. Sorry. And uh, <laughs> if uh, if you're
1: listening to the show and you want to help contribute to the show at all, if you have any spare change. Uh, Don't forget, those of you who are saving for that uh, special thing in life, as in flying lessons or flying or anything to do with flying, really, uh, keep that money and use it for flying. But those of you who have got a few quid spare, uh, you can go on to our website www.planetalkinguk.com and click on the Patreon link there and that will take you through to uh, the Relevant page to uh, to help donate to the show.
2: So we'd like to say a big thank you to all Very much our so. Patreon yeah, donors. Absolutely, because it, it would be. I mean, it, you know, the show would. Don't get me wrong, the show would still go on because Carlos and I do fund it between ourselves. Yes. But uh, it would it, it makes life an awful lot easier, and mm. it means we can do so sort of more clever things. You know, it the does. show the show was definitely. I have to say, this last year, the show has properly evolved, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I the mean, download
1: it, figures have yeah. have certainly um, increased yeah. in the last.
2: Uh, Two or three months. Yeah, yeah no, it's really sure. good. Yes, uh, that, that yeah. might have had something to do with a certain um, guest that we might have had. Yeah, it probably did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Uh, uh, so I
1: suppose fun. we better kick things off then. Yes, I so suppose we should. So we're yes. going to start the show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, man. Uh, I think so, yes. And if you're ready, Nev.
0: I'm still reading the menu, but yes, yeah. I suppose <laughs> <I'm>, yes. <laughs> let's go. I'll do it properly. Shall do it I? properly. <laughs>
2: So,
1: kicking off this week's first news story, then on the uh, this one's on the aviationnews.eu site, and uh, the headline: Peach Aviation orders ten A320neos, new engine option. Mm. Mm, you know that one. And do you, remember, do, yeah. do you remember what CEO stands for, Matt? Uh, Current engine option. Oh right, I, I, I yeah. was, I was. I was Fudging around around, certificates
2: and all sorts. So, Peach Aviation,
1: uh, ordering 10 A320 NEOs and 3 A320 CEOs. Japan's Peach Aviation, as in peach, as in the fruit peach, but it hasn't got a a peach logo, not like Mm. the old... uh, um, logo that uh, Barbara was on about before uh, has signed a firm order with Airbus for the purchase of 10 A320 Neos and three A320 CEO aircraft. The order was announced at a signing ceremony in Tokyo, attended by Shinji Inyu, Managing Director and CEO of Peach Aviation, and Fabrice Brigere, Airbus's President and CEO. The aircraft will join Peach's existing A320 family fleet of 18 A320 CEOs, with another two on With the addition of uh, the A320neo, the airline will become the first low-cost carrier, or LCC, in Japan to operate the latest uh, member of the popular A320 family. Our A320 fleet is growing as our route network expands, and not only the domestic market, but also the various Asian cities, said Shinshi. Uh, the managing director, he's got an incredibly hard uh, surname to pronounce. Oh, right. I, I, I uh, that's not even an attempt to do it? Oh, no. it so? no. <laughs> Fair enough. Goodbye. And uh, he said, By introducing the A320neo to the fleet, they're going to enhance even further our profitability while continuing to offer our passengers greater comfort with 18-inch mm-hmm. wide seats. We believe that the A320neo will strengthen our position in the competitive Japanese aviation market. We are pleased that Peach Aviation has placed the additional order for the A320 family, said Fabrice Brugier, Airbus's President and CEO, and this further strengthens the position of the A320 family as the aircraft of choice, uh, including the low-cost carrier section in Japan. The A320 family is the world's best-selling single-aisle product line. To date, the family has won around 12,800 orders, and more than 7,250 aircraft have been delivered to some 400 customers and operators worldwide. The A320neo family incorporates the latest engine and aerodynamic enhancements, delivering uh, more than 15% in fuel savings from day one, and by 20 20- Percent by 2020, was some 4,800 orders received since its launch in 2010 from 88 customers, the A320neo family has captured over 60% market share in this category. So there we go. Got, there's a picture there on that uh, story of uh, Peach's uh, one of Peach Air's new um, Airbus A320C on air. See, new uh, new neo neos. N-neo, there we go. Um, looks, it looks very much like Wow Air. It's very similar, colour, isn't it? Yeah, skinny. yeah, yeah. Do, does that not? That yeah, looks incredibly does, yeah. like Wow Air. I have to say, yeah,
2: that's yes, because that's very much purple as well, isn't it? Although I think the whole aircraft yeah. is purple with Wow,
1: with, with yeah, wow Air. Wow Air. Wow Air. It looks very similar. Looks very similar. I,
2: I must admit, this whole um, this whole transatlantic um, low cost thing is is quite an exciting development. They're quite I think a, quite for a big, big player in the yeah.
1: low cost market, actually, over in Japan. They use
2: a they use a heck of a yeah. lot of Airbus um, of hard, Airbus hardware. So well, that will um, keep a few of our, our, our um, friends of the show happy then if it's all Airbus. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Have, and this is an airline you're you're aware of, uh, Nev.
0: No, not Peach. at all, actually, and uh, it's the first time I've heard of them, um, but uh, I don't really keep much, um, pay much attention to what's going on in the Asia-Pacific area of um, aviation, mm. to be honest with you, but uh, no, it sounds like a, a nice uh, opportunity for some uh, low-cost flying mm, for that does. part of the world. Absolutely.
2: Myla likes that livery, by the way. Yeah, yeah I, I, there is happen. something quite nice about a purple colour, isn't there? You can't really go wrong with a nice purple <laughs> I, I do like a purple. I, in fact, actually, I've got, I've, I, I, it could be in my list of favourite colours, actually, purple. <laughs> no? OK.
1: Damn, I've got to take that T-shirt back for Christmas. Oh, well. Anyway, so moving on to the next story, then. Mm.
2: Yes, indeed, the next story. This is on the travelandleisure.com website. And the headline is why one airline won't fly to Las Vegas next summer. Hmm? Uh, Norwegian Air announced it will no longer operate summer flights to Las Vegas because it's just too oh, darn hot. Carry on. Starting on the 26th of November. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we have some serious... Grim- oh, and I've got the same thing going on here. Splendid, good. splendid. Uh, sorry, we've got some real gremlins going on in the... I can see Nev horrified it's, already. It's one, on of those, it's one of those stories
1: where you get those horrible videos that play yeah, that when play you don't want them to play. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, anyway, starting March 25th next year, Norwegian Air is cancelling all of its flights to Las Vegas through November, uh, citing the city's high, te- high summer temperatures. Anytime the temperature rises above 104 degrees Fahrenheit, don't ask me what that is in Celsius because I haven't got a first inkling, uh, Norwegian Air is forced to ground... Flights out of Las Vegas, McCarran Airport, the airline said in twenty sixteen this happened sixty times. Wow, that's really that's a high number. When it's hot the air thins and planes require a longer runway to take off. In normal conditions there is only one runway at McCarran capable of accommodating Norway- Norwegians seven eighty seven. When temperatures peak, even this runway is not long enough. I hadn't thought of that. That's interesting. Uh, The combat, uh, to combat this, Norwegian Air could implement weight controls, limiting the amount of passengers and cargo allowed on board the plane. Uh, But because they are a budget airline, cutting passengers would uh, cut too deeply into their profit margin. The airline operates direct flights between Las Vegas and London Gatwick, Oslo, Stockholm and Copenhagen. The flights to and from Europe on Norwegian Air were fairly full. A spokesperson for Las Vegas Airport told Las Vegas Review Journal that flights from Las Vegas to Stockholm were at 92.5% capacity through October the 31st, whilst flights to Copenhagen were running at 81.6%. The odd thing about the cancellation is how long it lasts. Uh, Las Vegas typical temperatures don't start to climb above 100 degrees until um, at least June and the triple digit temperature drops back down at the end of the summer. Customers who had booked flights with Norwegian from March through November should contact the airline for either a refund or to rebook to a different city. However, Norwegian Air said that the summer cancellation is not a permanent policy. We really want to fix this situation, a spokesperson for the airline said. We hope to have a solution for 2018 and beyond. Now, because uh, you've been to Vegas, what time of year did you go? I well, can't we went remember in now. February. Yeah, yeah. So presumably it, wasn't, it, it was warm. Yeah, warm. yeah, it was absolutely. nice. It was yeah. manageably warm. Absolutely.
1: but uh, I know yeah. that uh, one of the chaps I work with at, uh, where, at where I work, my yeah. main job, he's off to Vegas uh, in August next right. year for his okay. honeymoon. Cool.
2: And um, it's going to be that could, that could end. Is he getting what? Is he going there to be married by Elvis? Or no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Only the honeymoon. <laughs> no. But he, he has said that it's it's going to be. Damn hot. Yeah, yeah indeed. indeed. Yeah, so I think uh, Geordie, Geordi, my, my best friend, he's been to uh, Vegas a lot, and I think he went in the summer. I mean, honestly, the colour he came yeah. back was hysterical, and, and this is a guy who doesn't normally burn. You know but uh, there we are I was here. just thinking
0: as well guys that of course uh, in uh, vegas there's the um altitude to consider as well and yeah. uh, mike's yeah. just mentioned in the chat room that it is actually at 2000 feet so that's another factor in uh runway limitation right. as okay. well as it a, being warm too
2: indeed i mean as I, was, as I was saying when i was reading that story something that not actually occurred to me is how much of an effect obviously the high temperatures would have on a plane's ability to get in the air i think yeah, you yeah. know but then that, yeah. that would i mean everybody in the chat room and everyone listening as probably going oh man this this yeah. time <laughs> of the year this time of the year for me I, yeah. and, I, and a lot of people at work
1: ask me "Is this time of the year for me flying learn the fly is brilliant yeah. you know the, right. the, the aircraft Air performs nice lovely almost it's cold yeah, you yeah, know absolutely but the trouble is this time of the year also as i found it's out it's thursday yeah. uh when i had my lesson booked for thursday and you know what we had here thursday yeah. afternoon at three o'clock yeah it was very pleasant yeah, it so wasn't moist. very pleasant moist. it was rather yeah. haily and yeah, did, windy yeah and we had kind of we had
2: Oh, I was going to Lodden. Yeah, I was doing was a, a, nice. a, a high school out of Lodden. I was taking, a, I was doing a school run, and uh, I got as far as a little place called Stockton, mm-hmm. which is a village on, on the main road as you go out. And I've ne- I've, n- I've literally never seen anything like it. It, they were, it was just like, it, it was, it was proper hail and everything.
1: Yeah. Needless to say, my lesson got cancelled. Right,
2: yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so, yeah, so I, I suppose it's fair enough with student pilots and things that they're a little bit pernickety about when you're allowed to Oh, the, the, the visibility was, was, oh, it was nothing. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah it was wouldn't have been Indeed. it wouldn't have happened but uh, um no it's a, it's a shame that uh, norwegian are gonna are gonna stop flying yeah, there. Absolutely. whether but they'll fly there again, again as, as, the,
2: as the um as the guy uh, the, the representative um was saying from las vegas airport they were a bit confused about as as to the times when they're stopping and starting you know because if they, if that is truly the reason why that they're they're cancelling these flights um why are they doing it in that time frame you know because it's a much bigger t- unless they're just covering their bases i suppose maybe i don't mm. know difficult one difficult one have you ever had any um flights cancelled as a result of weather conditions nev
0: um yes several times um normally coming out of um i think it was in the scandinavia actually i think it was probably mm. either oslo or stockholm uh where the uh wind and snow was just too bad uh, and we right. just sat on the ground for about an hour and a half uh, but yeah. um not normally due to um hot conditions though that's never happened to me before no
2: no, sort of the other way, usually, because it's too mm. much snow on the ground or icy or whatever. And yeah. obviously in, in, in those countries, I mean, they, they do snow properly, don't they? They don't, they don't have yes.
0: snow like we do here. <laughs> Indeed. <clears throat> so, moving on to the next story, and uh, this is for you, Neville. Yeah, this is on the uh, from the Mail Online. Oh, goody. Bu- <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Budget airline Scoot is selling flights from Sydney to Athens for just $375, including baggage and food. That seems very air- cheap, doesn't which it? Is, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is Australian dollars I presume they're talking about, but yeah. nonetheless uh, it's not pretty good value, isn't it? Mm. Um, a budget airline is helping Australians plan their European holiday by offering flights to Greece from as low as $325 one way. Scooters managed to take it a step further by offering the cheap tickets during the peak European summertime between June the 20th and October the 28th next year. And if you're based out of Sydney or Melbourne, economy tickets are three hundred 75 dollars whilst flights from perth start at 325 dollars um, the tickets which are being offered as fly bag eat allow passengers to have an included 20 kilograms of luggage and a meal for each leg of the journey and for those wishing for a further discount the promo code go on certain dates will offer a further 30 dollar discount off of the fair and uh, Scoot Biz is also offering the cheapest business class fares to Europe which start from $999 one way from Perth and the airline caters to those wanting to get away from crying kids (laughs) while offering Scoot in Silence seats (laughs) positioned directly behind business class that Woo-hoo. would actually be me i have to say yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and seats are believed to be comfortable unlike other budget airlines as scoot plans on picking up a new dreamliner aircraft oh, wow. in april 2017 to be used uh, for this route in in the summer and as for passengers who board the plane to find their seats uncomfortable scoot offers to upgrade them to business class subject to availability i'll believe that when i I say yeah yeah but uh, singapore airlines is the parent airline for scoot which is still relatively new to australia and it flies uh, out of uh, China, Hong Kong, Japan, and Singapore, and the sale ends on November the twenty seventh. That's quite an interesting thing. And I think the nice thing about that is, of course, Greece, uh, sorry, Athens is quite a big hub airport mm. as well. So yeah. again, yeah. You, you can, can fly get on. from anywhere uh, yeah. in Athens just about. And uh, nice paint job on the uh, on the aircraft as mm. well. Yeah, then. we we we'll pop the picture up while yeah. we we're talking. Actually, that, yeah. that yeah, picture there
1: uh, that Matt popped up on the screen was uh, was one of their triple seven aircraft, the two hundred ers. They've uh, retired a. Actually, they retired those at the end of August this year, all their 777s, uh, and they've moved to an all-787 fleet now, Scoot have. they've mm, um, wow. Yeah, they've got 6 uh, eight 6-9s in service, uh, with orders for four more of each uh, on the books. Um, so at the moment, we have got a fleet of 12 in wow. uh, yeah, blind. same color as my car. Actually, it is. Yes, it is. that is true. That is true. Yes,
2: absolutely. I I, know, I noticed you've had a spot of bother with your car. Actually, well, not you directly, um, as opposed to uh, I think it was a, uh,
0: you know always fan of a BMW driver, aren't you, sir? Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I I can barely speak about it. No, so fair rough. enough. Okay, all right. But, yeah. is, uh, but the main thing is it's all fixed now. Uh, good. Lovely. Forty-four pounds plus VAT later, so we're okay. Oh, good. Well done, you. <laughs> He got off lightly compared to us then. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yes. Carl yeah. Carl's not had a good car week either, no, have you, no, mate? No, no.
1: No, no, So well, moving on to yes, uh, the this uh, probably next have story. Been Nev story. This should have been Nev's story. This should have been Nev's story, yeah. yeah so I have mind. to read this one very, very professionally. For Indeed, Nev. absolutely. So this is. one's on the Express uh, news site. Express. Another K. one that must be true, then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and 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 happily for for Nev. Um, mm. British the headline British Airways. You make it
2: sound like Nev is like some kind of direct <laughs> a, a spokesperson, ambassador. Yeah, it's an ambassador for British Airways. So anyway, uh, if we, <laughs> if they offered the, offered you the job, Nev. Hey, there we are. Oh yeah, be, yeah absolutely. I'd,
0: I'd, I'd, I'd jump at the chance. Absolutely, can't go wrong it's with a half, bit of PR halfway decent, there now. Yeah, absolutely, be yeah. a bit decent PR. Anyway,
2: sorry, I interrupt. So the headline: British Airways
1: ranked quietest. Airline for short haul flights by London Heathrow Airport. So, Heathrow Airport has ranked airlines based on how much noise their aircraft make, and British Airways has topped the list as the quietest airline. The West London based airport has published its Fly Quiet League table where they rank 50 airlines based on noise. BA's short-haul fleet has come out on top as the quietest airline flying into Heathrow, whilst their long-haul carrier was ranked 15th. Coming in second was the Irish Airline Aer Lingus and third was Etihad Airways. Uh, Also in the top 10 quietest airlines were Emirates, Qantas and American Airlines. At the bottom of the table, El Al, Israeli-based airline, was considered the noisiest. Turkish Airlines, uh, both long and short-haul fleets, aircraft were ranked as being noisy, as well as Kuwait Airways, Air China and Jet Airways. Uh, The figures were also revealed that the number of super-quiet A350 flights had doubled since Heathrow initiated an incentive policy for airlines to fly their cleanest and quietest airplanes. It also showed that the use of Boeing 787 Dreamliner flights, another quiet aircraft, has risen by 19%. Heathrow's chief executive, John Holland Kay said the Fly Quiet program helps the airlines improve their noise performance and provides incentives for them to fly their newest, quietest aircraft to Heathrow, helping the airport be a better neighbour. We will continue to work with airlines and our local communities to be a leader in sustainable aviation. Uh, The story comes after Express.co.uk reported how British Airways cabin crew had a ballot today or uh, last week for strike action against London Heathrow over a long-standing pay dispute. More than 2,000 workers uh, for the British airline will begin voting to decide whether to strike in order to make themselves heard. British Airways mixed fleet cabin crew operating both short and long-haul flights have recently rejected a pay offer of 2% from the carrier. The ballot will run from this week until December the 14th and has been organised by the Unite the Union. So anyway, going back to this story, uh, quietest aircraft for BA that obviously uh, you know, shows that the BA have uh, a fairly young fleet. I mean, they've got a lot of airbus hmm. in their yeah. fleet. And obviously they've got uh, they've got quite a few of the Dreamliners online now, haven't they, as well, Nev? Um, yeah,
0: and also I think uh, on, on the short haul stuff, certainly on, on takeoff, they're uh, obviously using D-rated takeoff power as well. So they, yeah. they tr- really do try and be a good neighbour. But uh, I don't know whether Matt can bring up uh, a picture of the story. But if you just scroll down a bit, uh, you'll see uh, a little caption which says, the use of the super quiet Airbus A350 has doubled at Heathrow since the launch of the programme. And they show a picture of an Airbus 380 to illustrate. Oh, yeah. It. <laughs> is
1: it, is have, r- I, I,
2: have I found the right one? Is that, is that the one that you're if you were
1: talking about uh, there? No, no, no. Scroll down. Keep scroll, going scroll, down. Scroll, you're scrolling down. I didn't, okay. Actually, I didn't notice that, Nev. But now you keep that going,
0: going to. Well, that one there? You going, see, that's going. my OCD. Yeah, yeah man, that that is. Oh, keep oh, uh, oh, going. Yeah, oh,
1: right. That's the one. That one. That is brilliant, Nev. The use of the Super Quiet A350 has doubled at Heathrow since the launch of the program. And there sits.
2: A three eighty. Right. Good. Yes. Yes. Oh, well. Well. It, it's always nice. well. Well done. The uh, Daily Express. Then. Good. You see. This is it. If it's in the Daily Express, then it must be true.
1: Oh well. Your next story is even better. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, oh, don't tell. The me next story is for you. Oh, and the website it? this is okay. on is uh, is amazing.
2: Okay. Right. Okay. So the next. Uh, uh, right. Okay. Oh, we really are working our way through the rags today, aren't we? Blimey. (laughs) So it's the Daily Mirror, which is a UK, um, well, we can't call it a fish wrapper anymore because we're not allowed to put our chips in paper anymore. That's another wonderful EU regulation, but don't get me started on that. Uh, world, World first as US airline flies commercial passenger plane using fuel made from tree branches. What? Uh, The Boeing 737-800 departed from Washington, U.S. yesterday, carrying 163 passengers, including three members of the state's congressional delegation. Okay, not quite sure what to do with this, uh, this information. So a U.S. airline made history after flying the world's first commercial plane using renewable jet fuel made from tree branches. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Alaska Airlines flight was powered by a 20% blend of a new sustainable biofuel made from forest residuals, the airline said. Those residuals include the limbs, stumps and branches that are left over after a timber harvest or forest thinning of managed forests on private land. The Boeing 737-800 departed from Seattle, Washington yesterday, carrying 163 passengers, including three members of the state's congressional delegation. It later a touchdown at Regan National National Airport in Washington DC, making it the world's first commercial passenger flight using the new jet fuel the airline said. And uh, uh, the biofuel sourced from the Pacific Northwest was produced by Washington State University's Northwest Advanced Renewables Alliance. According to Alaska Airlines, it is chemically indistinguishable from regular jet uh, jet a fuel. That's very, very interesting, isn't it? The airline said that the plane from Seattle uh, Tacoma International Airport to Washington, D.C. used a total of a thousand and eighty gallons of biofuel. That's really cool. This is bizarre, though, isn't it? Tree uh, fuel from tree bits of trees. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, I mean, it's I, it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, I suppose, I suppose the thing is, is I mean, the fuel that we use anyway did actually originate from sort of you know ground vegetation that's you know mulched over millions of years. Um, but if if they found a way of doing it from just you know not having to wait millions of years, I don't know if that helps or helps a problem or, or creates one. Mash has right.
1: put in the chat room that uh, steam engine. Steam engine.
2: Steam engine. Might, perhaps, yeah, they're a bit heavy.
1: Yeah. They're a bit heavy. Uh,. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! I'm just imagine. I'm just have visions of uh, seeing these guys shoveling in coal into these engines. Right. Obviously, okay. they'd be on Airbus. Airbus products, but you know. Um, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> right. Okay. Send uh, your uh, oh, complaints, no. please, to the following. To edge. me, yes, yes yeah. absolutely. It's Carlos Real Ale No, I think this yeah. this, this bio the biofuel thing has been it's yeah. been on the cards for a long while. It's been on for yeah. few, quite a few years now. They've been trialing biofuels mm. and stuff. Um, new engine technology and stuff mm. is also coming along, so they can use these mm. biofuels and a lot of the airlines I think have been trialing these, yeah. um, you know, particular fuels and stuff. So yeah, Indeed. like Mike has
2: said in the chat, that it's not a new thing. So. No, no. Uh, actually, the next story I have to say was headlined on BBC Breakfast News this morning, yes. which, which really made really made
0: <laughs> me smile. Um, but this uh, yes, so this will be with you, yeah, Nev. This yes, is for you, Nev. This is from the, the Telegraph, and uh, what a mess this is. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it says a neighbourhood near a Californian airport was turned into what looked, looked, looked like a winter wonderland on Friday when a sea of foam flooded the streets. And they weren't exaggerating. I mean, no. this is just...
2: I've just just popped the picture up, as you can see. You can just see a stop sign that's sticking out at the top of all the foam in the first
0: picture. (laughs) It says, the fluffy white substance, which was several feet deep, started spewing out of a hangar at San Jose International Airport. When a fire alarm malfunctioned, it soon covered cars and blocked businesses on a street nearby. Uh, It almost looks like snow if you don't get too close, Um. Brendan Baumgartner told the mercury news you just want to kind of jump in there see what happens uh, that would not be a good idea said fireman who warned the public not to go near the foam which is a skin irritant it hasn't actually stopped this guy on his motorbike <laughs> no, there, no. by the looks of things and uh, he rode through the, the the mountain of foam and emerged covered in the white substance <laughs> uh, the san jose fire captain said a malfunction called the substance known as an aqueous film forming foam to spew out from the fire suppression system at signature flight support and uh it's it's gone well i've never seen so much in my life Um, it's it's a a great fire suppressant because there's no way the 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 fire is going to get any oxygen uh, from that and uh, it says when it goes off all the foam gets discharged and the purpose is to prevent a flammable liquid (laughs) fire inside the hangar from spreading and um It has certainly achieved that. Yeah, nothing else. Absolutely, yes. If you want to,
2: if you want to look at the pictures of this, by the way, and you're listening to the audio version of our show, it is www.telegraph.co.uk. I mean, if that's and if you just uh, if you just search for Sea of Foam, you'll almost certainly find this story. I mean, there, there's a great picture that Carlos is 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 uh, describing at the moment, which is um, basically the terminal building. You can see the terminal building in the middle of the or page, yeah, or the hangar in the middle there, yeah. and it's literally just foam everywhere all around it on surrounding if there's roads. there's that much, it's outside, not way, What's though, inside? Well, that is true. That is true. We I haven't mean, got pictures of the inside
1: you know, of the if, building. If that that can, must be if fascinating. If that can fill up that much of the outside of that hangar, yeah. I mean, if you put all that into the hangar, it will be a complete hangar. Yeah, of absolutely, foam. Yeah, foam everywhere. Literally, wow. foam
2: everywhere.
0: Yeah, they, uh, they. One of the people were trying to be uh, trying to get in contact with one of their um, relations uh, in, inside there, in fact, and uh, they couldn't uh, because they were on the phone. <laughs> oh no!
2: Indeed. Uh, right, okay. And anyway, on oh, that, that bombshell, yes, Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, wow. And moving on right. to the next story. I don't feel at all well. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Serious now. Serious
1: story now. Oh, this one's on the right. guardian.com uh, okay. site. And uh, yeah, um, well, back to the drones again. Yep. Uh, headline Pilots report four drone near misses in a month oh, in wow. the UK. Uh, airports and pilots want tighter regulations after incidents involving jets near Shard in London at Li- and at Liverpool Airport as well. Pilots have reported four near-misses in a month between drones near uh, and passenger aircraft, including one flying near the Shard in London and another at Liverpool Airport, prompting aviation experts. Uh, to warn uh, that increasingly popular and sophisticated models available to hobbyists are posing a serious risk. The near misses were recorded by the UK Airprox Board, which said aircraft coming into land at Heathrow had reported three drone near misses in three days, including one where the pilot could identify the brand of the drone that came within 100 metres of his aircraft because his son had the very same model. Uh, Steve Landels, a safety officer at the British Airline Pilots Association, BALPA, told The Guardian that the near misses had been happening uh, most frequently on landing and take-off and that pilots said they were a dangerous distraction. Even if you don't have a collision, the fact that you have a distraction at a critical point of flight, and that is dangerous, he said. The incident at Liverpool Airport involved a passenger jet that was taking off, narrowly avoiding a collision with a drone, which came within five metres of the aircraft's wingtip. The pilot spotted a large black and yellow drone immediately after the Airbus A319 took off, but it was too close and there was nothing that he could do to avoid it, he said. Uh, the um, the drone pilot could not be located, but members of the air safety board who wrote a report on the incident said it should have been obvious that the unmanned vehicle was endangering the passenger jet, even if the operator was not aviation minded. Mm. In another incident close to the Shard in London, a drone flying at 1,500 metres came within 20 metres of an A320 on its descent into London Heathrow. The pilot had no time to take any steps to avoid collision and only luck prevented a crash. Mm. The board found under civil aviation runes, a manned aircraft must be within the eyesight of the operator, which is usually held to mean an altitude of 120 metres. Right. In, in only, other words, nowhere near. Not 1,200 yeah, 1, yeah. feet or yeah. 1,500 feet. Uh, there's been a steep rise this year in reports of drones flying near airports. Uh, near passenger jets, and the UK Airprox Board received reports of 56 such in, uh, incidents in, up mm. to October, compared with 29 in, the, all, in all of 2015 and uh, 6 the year before. In April, a pilot claimed that his BA Airways uh, A320 had been hit by a drone as it came to land at Heathrow, although mm. the Transport Secretary, Patrick McCloughan, said uh, later that he told MPs the incident was unlikely to have been a collision with a drone. Drone technology has advanced rapidly in recent years and improved battery life uh, and range mean that models can claim they can be controlled from up to three miles away. Mm. And you can buy these for less than 1,200 quid. That's nice if you've got 1,200 quid to go and well, buy is, one. Yes, absolutely. Even if that is cheap. mm yeah, uh, the story goes. I mean, the story goes on, but yeah, I mean, I see the, 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 the seriousness actually, I'm, of I'm it. Just,
2: just sort of uh, cutting across there uh, again, reading some of the comments in the chat room as we're mm. as we're doing this. I mean, uh, neva has got a great point. It's yawn, the regulations mean nothing to those who disregard them. The regs mm. are already adequate, and and as you say, I mean, you know, they're supposed to be within sight, which is at least you know 150 meters, and this was obviously a thousand or something or other. I mean, mm. it's it, it, Mark it, Harvey said the yeah, difficulty is catching, catching operators, operator, and I th- I think that's where mm. where the regulation thing is missing a trick I do believe that we're reaching a point where they're going to have to if you buy a drone it's a bit like your TV license do you know what I mean where if you buy one you have to register yourself as the owner so at least if a drone is found and and you know the the, the, the registration tag or whatever be inside mm. the drone so if it does get mashed into an engine or something you can find well, it but, at least, not, but yeah. at least it gives you an, an address start point do you know mm. what I mean so you can say yes it, yes that was my drone uh, or you say no I sold it two years ago I sold it to this person do you know what I mean I, th- I think it's a, that's that's the only way that you're actually going to catch these people because I mean these are just you know pieces but of isn't, equipment isn't that the thing that, that that that's being missed anyone. here common sense yes but th- those people that are flying these things near the airplanes in in the first place
0: probably don't have any common sense oh, okay so any thoughts uh, Nev <laughs> Well, it's uh, we've said it so many times, haven't we? It's yeah. going to happen one of these days, it and it's going to happen uh, yeah. in some congested airspace, uh, or actually, any airspace yeah. really. Um, but um, it's going to happen over uh, highly densely populated areas. Um, I, th- I think there needs to be not just the regulation. I mean, as Pip just said, there's already the regulation there to uh, to deal with this. But it's a bit like if you start making, uh, you know. Um, uh, unauthorized phone calls to people you know you can be tracked down and yeah. traced fairly quickly today and i think we need to find uh, this, a similar way of uh, tracking down drone pilots and users that just yeah. don't uh, ably, uh, obey the rules of the air yeah. um i don't have an answer to that obviously but i mean uh, we, we've just got to do something now because you can yeah. pick this stuff up for yeah. for no money whatsoever mm. from your local uh, maplin here in the uk or radio shack yeah. in the us if they've still got them uh, and you know. Th- uh, there will be an accident and I, and yeah. I don't know hmm. why we are still having this conversation because yeah. there should have been um, – I, I think the problem problem is although the regulations are there, they're just not being um, – uh, what's the word? Enforced, enforced yeah, properly I mean, uh, yeah. by the Civil Aviation Authority, I would yeah. say.
2: I mean, uh, some people are saying in the chat room that, uh, that it's not worth, uh, you know, why are we still manufacturing them? And I think that's a little bit unfair because there are probably an awful lot of operators who aren't morons and get a great deal of pleasure out of, uh, you know, doing sort of their own sort of uh, landscape shots and things where you can go up in the air. I mean, they are amazing bits of kit. I mean, I would love one. I would really, really love one, especially given what we do here. I'd love one for, for sort of doing panoramic shots and, and things like mm. that. But you've got to have, I mean, the one thing, run. That I would love to use it for. Of course, you can't use it for, which because you're not allowed to use them at air shows. (laughs) <laughs> yeah true do you know what yeah. i mean because I'd, yeah. I'd love to have a drone to be able to do sort of you know shots like that but and that's the reason why why we don't have one is because the environment to which we want to use them. But it but it's that common sense thing again isn't but there it? are
1: there are websites you can go on now i've seen them online yeah uh, if you're willing to wait for them to come from china and stuff like that yeah. you can for less than 100 quid yeah, get some really buy a really nice you yeah. know uh drone or uav whatever yeah. you want to call it um with a with a built in camera yeah. HD camera yeah. Yeah. and everything, and for less than one hundred quid,
2: yeah you know, I know I know it 's just crazy, but uh, as I say, Neb says that, you know it's, it, as, as neb said they 've got to work out a way of... Pip said uh, you can borrow his yeah, thank you, thank you very much pip, yeah <laughs> we, but we need to, uh, we need to register them don 't we yeah. I mean, as I say i mean i 'm using the TV license as an example, but we need to license them, so by all means, have one, but by ha- the very fact that you 've got that license suggests. You know, and there's always going to be, in the same way with a TV license, you've got people who don't have a TV license and still use it anyway. Do you know what I mean? But at least it gives you a start. But then I suppose those who have got, you know, so if it if it's some irresponsible person who's borrowed, you know, their uncle's or something like that, at least you've got a point to start when they've identified who the who the drone belongs to you know it's just that I don't, I, I don't know if anybody I'll tell you what if anybody has got any ideas out there of a way that you think you could register these these drones I mean you 'll make a fortune there's no two ways about it because the, I mean the government are going to just pounce on it like like you wouldn't believe so thinking caps on everyone we need <laughs> to uh,
1: actually before before you read the next story Matt we need yep. to uh, we need to make a special announcement as well mm. um, to everyone in the chat room and on the show who's listening yes, to the audio indeed. podcast um, and uh, that that is that it's Barbara's it's birthday. It is yes, on, yes, on Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we need to, and uh, in, in, in case we all forget, we need to mm. wish uh, Barbara a happy birthday for, for Thursday. Thursday. Coming yes, so absolutely. this Thursday. Yeah, so hopefully, hope the sun's shining for you on uh, on Thursday, Barbara. Yeah, good luck yeah. with that. Have a lovely uh, day. <laughs> Absolutely. So moving on
2: to the next story. Yeah, yeah, indeed. The next story, this, is is it my go? I can't it's, remember. It's your go. It, is it good? Oh, sorry, I was, I was busy chatting away so much I'd sort of lost track. There's a surprise. Everyone else remain quiet, please. Uh, no mickey taking. This is the USA Today, and the headline is United. Uh, Boeing 747s to be retired by October 2018. Oh, boo. Um attention Boeing 747 lovers the clock is ticking to catch a flight on one of the two US airlines that fly the aircraft United said on Tuesday that it expects to retire all 20 of its 747s in its fleet by October 2018 the airline has long said it plans to phase out the aircraft but reiterated its plan Tuesday during its investors day call with shareholders Uh, United is shifting its 747 flying uh, to newer Wide body uh, jets, including the Boeing 787 Dreamliner and Boeing 777 models, that the carrier has ordered. The 747s in United's fleet. All 747-400 variants of the jet uh, seated 374 passengers. United's current Boeing 777-200 seat anywhere from 266 to, 200 to 364 passengers, based on the various configurations it has for the aircraft. United 787-8 and 787-9 Dreamliner models seat 219 and 252 passengers, respectively. Uh, Delta Airlines is the only other US carrier that currently uses 747s for passenger service. Like United, Delta also has begun to phase out its models of the jet. The carrier is on record as saying it expects to retire its last 747 by the end of next year. Delta spokesman Morgan Durant tells uh, USA Today in the sky, that the airline expects to have five 747-400s remaining in service by the end of 2016. Delta will use several models to replace its 747s. They include new Airbus A330s that that already are being delivered to the carrier, as well as the new Airbus A350 that Delta expects to begin receiving next year. That's
1: a shame. That's another one of these stories. Mm. We've had a few of these in the last few episodes. Something where um, various airlines are starting to retire the the Queen of the Skies, the seven four seven. Yeah, it's, uh, it's sad. I, d- I mean, but I don't. I mean, even the ones that they retire, I think some will probably go to um, to the the or what they mm. call them, the de- you know the desert sort of, yeah. um, storage areas. Indeed. Um, but I, I I I expect some of these may go to to other airlines, um, be sold off to other airlines, or possibly conversions, freighter conversions yeah. to be used for, for carrying freight. Mm. What dragon Nev? It's sad, really, isn't it, Nev? With all these, it is, um, yeah.
0: And it, it's it's a great aircraft. And uh, I'm going on one uh, over to uh, Pittsburgh uh, next year. Um, and um, it will be uh, well. I think British Airways have, have extended the life of theirs by doing some some, some have, refits yeah. and, and that kind of thing. Um, but no, I, I, it's it's been a great aircraft and uh, over so many years and various different uh, various variants of it and combi yeah. versions and freighter versions. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's a. I think a lot of people that fly them say it really is a, a pilot's aircraft mm-hmm. as well.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm so chuffed I got the chance to you know to fly with Virgin on on their one in, mm-hmm. in February this yeah. year. You know, I'm so glad, I, you know, or not February, was it February? When I went to, yeah, when I went to the Vegas in February, I had the chance to fly on, on the Virgin 7.4. That was the first and only time that I'll probably, um you know, go on the Seven Four Seven. But I'm glad I've done it. You know, at least I can say that's um, ticked off the list before they all disappear. Indeed. Yeah. Which yeah. was a shame. Absolutely. It's a shame, Nev, that the Dash 8 hasn't done as well in the uh, passenger configuration as as what the 400 series has done.
0: Yeah, and I think the, the 400 series was a, a huge leap forward, wasn't it, into yeah. uh, the digital cockpit uh, environment. And, of course, I think I'm right in saying that the 400 was the first of the 747 series to um, take away the flight engineer. Um, yeah. So uh, oh, yeah. uh, a, a lot more avionics, a lot more automation and, yeah. and that kind of thing. But uh, the 400 has done extremely well o- over many years. Uh, yeah. It's been very impressive, is not
2: it? It's been a very loyal workout horse, oh,
0: hasn't definitely. it, From For many airlines, yeah, across the world. So next story is all for you, Nev this is from the mronetwork.com a a website i visit all the time obviously obviously Um, (laughs) as do um, do we here in the studio clearly yes yes. (laughs) Uh, boeing has confirmed plans to build a new aircraft maintenance hangar at london's gatwick airport servicing european airline customers of its gold care aftermarket services provision the oem said that the facility subject to local authority planning permission is expected to support in excess of 100 jobs for the company and its suppliers around the gatwick area the gold care program which has more than 60 global airline customers is comprised of boeing managed maintenance engineering and materials services no specific financial figures were disclosed but in a release issued on thursday morning boeing described the gatwick gold care project as a multi-million pound facility the precise location of the hangar at the site will be disclosed at a later date, according to aircraft, according to the aircraft manufacturer. And it was confirmed that Gatwick Airport, which is the UK's second busiest hub by passenger traffic volume, will now comp- complete an environmental study before the prefer- proposal is reviewed by the local planning authority. And if it's approved, the US headquartered Boeing uh, company said that construction would begin in late 2017 before becoming operational in the following year. The UK is a crucial country for us and represents a prime location for our business, supporting airlines in Europe and beyond, said Sir Michael Arthur, who's the President of Boeing Europe and Managing Director of Boeing UK and Ireland. And he added, we have doubled our UK workforce over the last five years and this new development will continue this growth trajectory into the future, delivering prosperity to this country in partnership with the UK industry and our customers. And uh, the Gatwick announcement follows a commitment made by Boeing and the UK government at July's Farnborough Airshow, targeting growth and job creation. So amongst the aims of the long-term partnership include the creation of 2,000 new jobs, uh, in the UK along with increased capital investment adi- uh, which is uh, additional bidding opportunities and competitiveness initiatives for UK suppliers. That was a bit of a mouthful to read in well, uh, yeah, But it's uh, good to see some uh, new um, uh, European based uh, facilities for, for Boeing. Uh, obviously um, that will be a big saving for a lot of people in terms of spare parts and this kind of thing, having more of a, a local uh, access to them and uh, for, for new uh, local maintenance as well i'm guessing this mm. gold
1: care aftermarket thing is kind of like a, a warranty package i presume that, that yeah. boeing have well
0: I, I it's think a bit I think, like the extended warranty yeah, yeah. For, from pc world you know when you go and buy uh buy your telly <laughs> what you mean not worth the paper it's printed on <laughs> yeah. i didn't say that but i tell you what it's, it's gonna
1: it's not only is it gonna save money for the airlines it's gonna yeah. save on emissions because you're not gonna have to fly you know thousands of miles away to go and yeah. get sort of certain things fixed on, yeah. on these aircraft. You can just. I mean, I, sp-
2: I suppose the gold thing, again, is also one of those things where it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a promise that for the life of that warranty, parts will be readily mm. available, isn't it? In the I mean, UK. Yeah. In the UK. And mm. I suppose you reach a point eventually where actually it is difficult to get parts like my scooter, but we won't go into that because yeah. if I open that can of worms, I'll get all waspy <laughs> and all sorts. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I've only just stopped being really grumpy, so... <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs>
3: I know. No,
2: it's my lo- my lovely scooter, which is only now three years old, and it is admittedly a cheap Chinese import. Yes, I know that serves me right, everyone. Uh, but um, needless to say, it's been quite difficult to get uh, get it through an MOT purely and simply because I can't buy the bits anywhere. Despite being oh, well. promised that I got that it got a shelf life of ten years. So, but we won't get we won't get started into that because <laughs> I might cry. <laughs> so we've got two stories left. What? Um, oh, aviation! That's right. we've got I two
1: stories that, yeah. left. Yes. Uh, we have we haven't had a top ten for a while, but we have uh, this week got a top fourteen. Have we? Right. Just okay. to be different. Right. Okay. And uh, and actually, the last story we've got is is quite a, what a heartwarming one. But anyway, we'll go on to uh, to the penultimate story then. Yes. And uh, this one's on the Business Insider right. website. Okay. And the headline: the fourteen best and most punctual oh. airlines in the world. Right. So as budget airlines continue to shake up the market, legacy carriers are pulling out all the stops in an increasingly competitive market. With private suites on board spas become commonplace, AirHelp Score has released its ranking of airlines to help sort the best from the rest, right. AirHelp's <laughs> ranking is one of the most comprehensive of its kind and takes into account a number of metrics in three key areas: quality and service. AirHelp factors in details from SkytraxResearch.com to help determine an airline's quality, both on and off the ground. On-time performance, the company looked at the on-time departure statistics for each airline from the last three months. And claim processing, how efficiently each airline handled complaints and compensation claims was also taken into account. Although big names like Qatar Emirates and BA appear in the rankings, some others may surprise you, including an Italian carrier, Air Dolomiti, which earned a respectable second place. Wow! US airlines are notably absent, while two British carriers made the list as well. So we're going to start at number fourteen, then, and then yep. uh, we'll we'll take one each. We'll leave you to. Uh,
2: to do your bit, yes, I'll, so. I'll do the pictures while while you and Nev bash your way through okay. the story. So go and, on. Uh, actually, I'm going to say uh, it's. Well, we'll, uh, let Nev, we'll let Nev start number fourteen. Yeah, I okay. Think. So I we'll say, yeah, in at number fourteen, and the re- before he before he says it. <laughs> British. No, 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 <laughs> no. I'm just going to pop the uh, picture up here because I'll tell you what. Uh, you, you talk about uh, we t- we've spoken about branding and stuff beforehand, mm. but it, that picture you don't have to know what the airline is. You don't need to, and all it is is just a very simple design. But you look at the tail fin of that aircraft and you immediately (laughs) know which... Um, um, That's the you know, Which airline as well. it is? Well, all right. No, I, I. Most people wouldn't necessarily get. Well, all right. Okay. Everybody listening, apart from me, would probably get that to be very. But, but that is that, It's one of those, isn't it? And I think you've got. We've got a picture similar to that on the website, haven't you? With the Vulcan. Do we in have? The background? Yeah. Actually, yeah. You're um, true. Where, where you where, where you've nicked that? You know, you've obviously nicked that idea or seen this picture up from somewhere <laughs> else, well. or perhaps it was your own creative, creative maj- majesty. I don't know, but uh, it is uh, truly uh, one of those iconic images isn't it where yeah. you just look at that telephone and you immediately know that it is nev
0: it's british airways yeah. of course and uh, they've got two uh, airlines uh well, britain's got two airlines in the top 10 more than any other country and the london brace british airways perform best in the claims processing category Wow, okay. And number 13.
1: Number 13, an airline I love to fly, Emirates. Uh, Emirates is often considered the face of luxury long-haul air travel, and that was reflected in s- its strong scoring for quality and mm. service. However, its position was lowered by a weaker performance in other categories.
2: Ooh,
1: in at number 12.
0: Hello, Nev. Nev? Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> got some really weird audio going on here. Oh, have I've you? got some uh, an advert playing in my ear at the same time as I'm oh, okay. speaking to you from this website. So uh, oh. uh, anyway, oh, okay. <laughs> this is uh, number 12 Air France, the French carrier has had a fantastic year in 2016. It won awards for best class, best first class airline, lounge dining and best first class comfort amenities. Wow. But its lowest score was for the punctuality of its flights. Ooh.
2: Ah, right. Well, that's a shame, then, because it, certainly from that picture we just popped up there, first-class experience looks rather marvellous. Anyway, I think slightly surprising, in at number 11...
1: Number 11 uh, is Lufthansa, with uh, 268 aircraft in its fleet, excluding all subsidiaries. Lufthansa is Germany and Europe's biggest airline, yet still manages to provide exceptional service. It operates services to 197 international destinations, and also won Skytrax Prize
2: for Best Transatlantic Airline and Best Airline in Western Europe. Well, there's a surprise. And on the subject of surprises, actually, I shouldn't be that surprised, really, should I?
0: Uh, In at number 10... Is Finnair, and Finnair is Finland's flagship carrier and was founded in 1923, making it one of the oldest in the world. And Finnair excelled when it came to the efficiency and punctuality of its fleet, which in 2015 transported over 10 million passengers. And when they go into the aircraft from the air bridge, they vanish into Finnair. Okay, good. Uh, At uh, number
2: nine. He's on fire this week. Moving on, uh, in at number nine. At number nine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) At number nine, it's Air Canada. Air Canada is the world's 10th largest passenger airline by fleet size and also won Global Traveller Magazine's award for the best airline in North America for 10 consecutive
0: years. Mm. In at number eight. Is Cathay Pacific Airways. The Hong Kong-based airline was given full points for its quality and service. Skytrax respondents also gave the airline high marks for seat comfort, service quality and in-flight entertainment. Ooh, there we are at uh, number seven, I presume, now.
1: At number seven, it is Air Baltic. Latvia's flag carrier is a low-cost carrier that operates only within Europe. It had the lowest score for quality and service of all the carriers in the top 14, but scored remarkably well for its claims processing and
2: the number of flights that arrive on time. Wow. Uh, Number six
0: is up next. Virgin Atlantic Airways, Richard Branson's transatlantic carrier scored pretty evenly across the board, putting it in a healthy sixth place. The British airline recently partnered with U.S. airline Delta, putting it in direct competition with the British Airways-American partnership.
2: Well, there we go. uh, I I, I personally thought that might score a bit higher, but... uh... There we are. Anyway, number five. At number five,
1: it's the winner of our livery poll that we had uh, last week. Mm. Uh, This is KLM, Royal Dutch Airlines. Founded in 1919, the Netherlands' flagship carrier is the oldest in the world and is still going strong. Its 156 plane fleet has uh, has one of the best safety records and is extremely punctual with uh, 88% of all its flights arriving and departing on time.
3: Number
0: four. Singapore Airlines and they were one of the few to earn full marks for their quality and service but its poor turnaround time in processing complaints and payouts meant that its overall standing was damaged
2: really so yeah so one of those those, isn't it where you can be the best in the world but if your customer service is appalling uh, when it comes to dealing with the you know after flight issues then um, yeah yeah, you've you've immediately got issues haven't you Oh, uh, number three number three is
1: Austrian Airlines Austrian Airlines is a subsidiary of Lufthansa and has weathered labour disputes in the past few years to retain its position towards the top of AirHelp's ranking its service is punctual it offers first rate service And complaints and compensation are handled efficiently. Efficiently, even. Are you right there,
2: Matt? No, I think Nev's fallen off. Fallen off where? Line. Has he?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, he's next as well. Yes, Nev's still
2: there. No, he's not. Uh, Okay, uh, there there it goes. Yeah. (laughs) It oh. fell offline. Uh, what were you? Sorry, what? What is oh, number, this we number you two to? next? Would you yeah. want to
1: get Nev back while I read this one. Yeah. Okay. So this is number two. So at number two, it is Air Dolomiti. Perhaps a surprising contender for second place. Air Dolomiti is one of Italy's regional airlines. Uh, but is controlled by Lufthansa. The company's fleet is made up of just 10 planes but had the strongest on-time performance score of any of the airlines in the top 14. This is uh, definitely one that I haven't heard of before, Air Dol- Dolomiti. Um, but uh, I, I would imagine that uh, Jenny Parkinson would probably know who Air Dolomiti is, obviously being over there in Italy. So, um, but they're controlled by, as I said, controlled by Lufthansa. Um, Eight. Have we got any joy there? With, no, uh, we with haven't. Ned? So we've,
2: we'll just do the next one then. So we're finally at number one. So the, the top... Uh, the, the top scoring one at uh, number one. So at
1: number one, uh, bless him, where's Nev? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. At number one is Qatar Airways. No surprise, Qatar seem to come up uh, top in nearly every poll, I think we do. Uh, Qatar Airways, the best airline in the world, according to Air Help, is the Doha-based Qatar Airways, or Qatar, or Qatar, or oh, however you want to say it, really. Indeed, yeah, it doesn't uh, really matter. It yes. scored well across the board, but earned top marks for its overall quality and so service. The airline flies to over 125 destinations across the globe and is expanding uh, to a further 50 destinations there's a picture there on there, actually, of, yep. uh, of uh, this has got to be its first-class suite, i imagine. Indeed, I would imagine so. Um, just pop that because that looks... You, yeah. in- I mean, look at
2: the size of those screens. They're incredible, aren't they? It's, you know, that's, it's, yeah. that's as big as we've got in our bedroom <laughs> upstairs. Got a lounge there to sit there and be jolly <laughs> comfortable in. I mean, you, you, could, yeah. you
1: could sit there and have a chat with your mate. You could, and, yeah, absolutely. And have a beer and yeah. stuff, you know, that is... Yeah, It'd have to be oh, a rich mate, mind. It would <laughs> have to be an incredibly fine, rich mate, yeah. with
2: you there, absolutely. So how
1: how we got there? How we get on with Nev? I
2: there. Hello, Nev? No, he's not there. He's That's not good there. Good, right, okay. okay. It, it, it said he was there, but it, it, it's, it's lying to us. Okay. Um, okay,
1: well, uh, we'll carry on. So we've got... To, uh, well, do you mind me do the last story, being as, uh, being as, yeah. as you're busy getting Yeah, okay, back. yeah, all right. okay, leave so, you to do that. Right, yes. so I'll do the last story then. This one yeah. is on the drum.com website, this one. And uh, for those of you who uh, who live here in the UK will know uh, of this story. This is uh, they've been running the advert... Uh, I think on telly telly now for for a few days. Um, But Heathrow Airport uh, positions Homecoming as the best gift in its Christmas video ad campaign. And uh, Heathrow Airport is harnessing the cutesy power of teddy bears to remind the public of the best Christmas gift of all time, a Christmas Homecoming. The emotional slot from Havas, supported by Outsider Productions, uh, Dom and Nick and The Mill show an elderly teddy bear couple returning to London to meet their family. Heathrow's commercial director Jonathan Cohen said Christmas is my favourite time of year at Heathrow. The airport is in a buzz with families and friends reuniting for this special time of year. We all love the film and hope that the bears journey through the airport captures the excitement you feel in walking through Heathrow arrivals into the arms of your loved ones at Christmas. The ad campaign uh, kicks the airport's 70th anniversary celebrations. It will feature uh, on YouTube, uh, cinema, and social channels uh, from the 14th of this week, which was a few days ago now. So
2: it's, uh, I've actually seen it. I, I saw, it, I saw yeah. it when it went out on telly. It was amazing. So
1: if you go uh, go onto YouTube and uh, you can uh, you can go you can YouTube the video mm. of the uh, teddy yeah. bear. Heathrow teddy bears. And yeah, uh, it, is very heartwarming, it is very such, heartwarming, a, yeah. such a good video. It is really, really well done. And I have to say, it's one of the the better kind of uh, Christmassy videos that yeah, I've seen. Absolutely. Uh, so knock spots off the
2: John Lewis one yeah. for me personally. Oh, actually, yeah,
1: yeah, I totally agree yeah. with you, Matt. It was, uh, it was very
2: nice. It was very nice. Yep. Yeah. So how are we getting on with Nev? We're, we're not getting anywhere. So I think there's going to be a very brief break in proceedings whilst we just find out uh, what's going on. So while we're doing that, as we're at a convenient point, I think what we will do—what we uh, we'll do is we will play Pip's Marvelous segment, and that will buy me a little bit of time while we try and work out what's gone wrong with the Marvelous technology. So uh, if you—it's it's very interesting. It's uh, a segment, very actually, interesting actually. segment, yep. actually. Yeah, from Pip this week. Yep. Absolutely. and he, he's got a special guest has he yes yes that could be quite convenient scene. it could <laughs> be quite convenient so uh, all will be re- revealed uh, as we settle down get comfortable for another segment from the flight deck
3: plane safety from the flight deck with pilot Pip. hi everyone it's pip here with something a little bit different because i'm in the pub my favorite place to be and not only am I in the pub, I'm here with a, a special guest. I've actually arranged to meet up with a long-time listener and friend of both shows. It's Sir Nev of Bounds. How are you doing, Nev? Yeah, fine, thanks, Pip. Thanks very much indeed. And we just had a really nice lunch, haven't we? And uh,
0: superb food, uh, probably a bit too high on the calories with the dessert, but um, I'm sure you'll be able to run that off at some point.
3: Yeah, Nev insisted that I had a dessert. I don't normally eat dessert, as people will probably know. But uh, we're here at my local pub, The Green Man, in my little village. And as Nev said, we just had a, a rather nice lunch. And Nev was kind enough to bring along his uh, Tascam recording thingamajig. And I suddenly said, hey, I haven't recorded a segment for the guys yet. Why don't we do something together? So we haven't really got a, a, any grand plan. But uh, we were thinking, that since both of us are pretty frequent users of Heathrow, uh, particularly Terminal 5 at Heathrow and of British Airways, we might just have a little discussion of uh, our experiences and share some of our thoughts on using T5 and Heathrow and BA from a passenger point of view. So, Nev, you're, you're passing through Heathrow sort of two or three times a month, you said earlier.
0: Yeah, and um, I mean it, used to, it was pretty good to begin with, I think it's uh, definitely got more difficult now, it's not anywhere near as um, uh, such a pleasant experience as it used to be, um, and uh, but you know, nonetheless, that they've got a job to do. I think the biggest thing I find, though, is that the security is just so inconsistent. You know, sometimes they let something through uh, when Edinburgh Airport, for example, was part of the BAA uh, Airport Group. Um, you'd find that you could take something through at Heathrow, uh, but then you couldn't at Edinburgh, even though it was in the same size <coughs> bag or all the, or, or the same uh, liquids. So. Um, Yeah, I I know the security guys and girls have got a job to do, but uh, I think you've got to be as pleasant as you can uh, with it as well. And there's a little bit too much attitude, I'm I'm finding. Uh, And I accept that I'm in the same category as I'm getting older, but um, yeah, I'm just finding it a little bit wearing sometimes.
3: I would agree with all of that entirely. The inconsistency issue does drive me mad, particularly in the UK, as you said, you go to different airports and they've all got slightly different rules and different ways of approaching things um, and I don't tend to find that so much in other countries I mean, you know, some countries are a little bit more laid back, some are, are fairly you know, on the ball, go to Germany for instance and it's much the same experience as passing through the UK but you go a Luton, you go to Heathrow, you go to Newcastle and you'll get three completely different security experiences So. Yeah, that can be annoying. And then, as you said, the <laughs> the other part of that equation is is the the staff that they're employing. And I, we don't want to insult anyone listening because they've got a, a, a tough job to do, as we all know. And uh, you know, we're only seeing one side of that. But I get the impression that perhaps uh, the caliber of people, some of them, is perhaps not not top notch.
0: Would you think? Yeah, I think that's putting it very politely. And, and don't forget, of course, these are subcontracted companies. You know, They are not employees, usually, of the airport. They're, they're a subcontracted firm. And as you say, the, the different airports employ different people. Uh, so there'll be different standards, different, um, different types of people. Uh, but yeah, of course they've got a job to do. Um, but uh, I think we'd all quite like to be treated. Uh, with a degree of uh, respect and and a degree of civility. Uh, And, uh, you know, for the most part, you do get that, but just one or two occasions when you don't. Uh, But uh, as Captain Jeff once said on one of his podcasts, don't don't argue with them because you'll never win.
3: Um. Absolutely, that is key. A couple of times I have seen things or been at the uh, the front of the queue and seen things and thought, right now, I'm going to have to say something here. And I've commented on security guards before and said, hey, you know, do you, need to, do you need to be quite so aggressive or don't you think that was really rude? And I've almost always instantly regretted it. I mean, you get a little bit of satisfaction of having said your piece, but in that situation, they've got all the power. And like I say, you give a, someone a little bit of power and it can go to their head sometimes. So I've got into some tricky situations that I've had to try and extricate myself from and you know security's not the place you want to be getting into a a debate with people because like you said you're going to lose every single time but I've seen some shocking things like I was telling you earlier I've seen a a young girl quite recently reduced to tears because they wouldn't let her bring a a tiny bottle of perfume through and she was you know she was distraught and I thought the way the security chap handled it was just appalling he made no attempt to um, you know, reassure her or calm her or, or help her, he was very, very aggressive about it. So, But then at the same time, I'm sure there are many incidences every single day of security people being friendly and helpful. It's just that the, the negative experiences tend to, to stick out in your head. Well that's security, then passing through security at T5, the rest of the experience there is, it's alright. Now the one complaint I've always had at T5, which has now actually been mostly resolved is the lack of airport lounge. They've got the BA Galleries Lounge, which is great if you're on a BA business ticket or you're a silver card holder, as Sir Nevis, very flash. But for the, the general public like me, not having a lounge was a source of constant frustration. Because, uh, you know, hanging around in an airport for hours on end is not the most fun thing to do. Um, And I've got, as I said before, a priority pass, which at most airports will get you into one of the lounges. But just recently at BA, I suppose earlier this year, they did open uh, a general public lounge that priority pass will get you into at T5. I've got to say, it's probably one of the smallest lounges I've ever seen in my life. They really pack them in. But actually, it's reasonable. Uh, Some half-decent refreshments and, and food on offer. Have you ever been into that one? I haven't actually, but I just wondered if, if you had to pay,
0: I don't know, £10, £20 maybe to go into a lounge and you had a, a stopover or, or or some time of about a couple of hours, it, it's probably worth it. And that's what it would cost you at Gatwick for their number one lounge I think it's called, something like that. It's about £15, £16. Pounds. Um, so yeah, um, but no, I think they could do with more of that kind of thing and not make it quite so exclusive that the, the whole. because it's I think it's just unnecessarily so and that means uh, that the general concourse just gets extremely busy as well I think
3: yes it does it's especially when you're passing through at peak hours T5 is absolutely rammed uh, to the rafters and um, now obviously if people aren't aware T5 is exclusively a British Airways terminal British Airways uh, operate it exclusively for their flights which is interesting for the next part of the experience because you would think, being the only operator there and having total control, that they would be able to, uh, perhaps manage it a little more efficiently than they do. Particularly for arriving at Terminal Five, I often find that you end up you land, you vacate, you taxi in, and then you end up sitting there on the aircraft for ten, fifteen, or even more minutes whilst you wait for your gate to become free. And that, I think that really winds passengers up. Actually, it's not. Um, Even if you have arrived early, still in people's minds, you're sitting there and time, you know, you're wasting time, you're just sitting there doing nothing. Uh, Maybe it's just me, but I find that a fairly frequent experience with BA at T5. Do you have similar experiences? I, a little bit but uh, the I had a situation just the
0: other day coming back from Amsterdam having d- gone to the Amiga Tower uh, meet-up that Marcus organised and um, we, ca- we were 25 minutes early which was great came off the, the apron straight onto the stand which wasn't occupied and then the uh, uh, air bridge failed and we're on the aircraft for 35 minutes at this point. Uh, so that's just 10 minutes shorter than the flight itself uh, from Schiphol. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, there are frustrations. I've been very lucky so far. I've not picked up any serious delay, but I think the timetable they run, even when the weather's good, I think they're probably trying to pack too much in. And of course, if you do pick up a delay, uh, earlier in the day you, you'll never get, they'll never get it back uh, later on I, I think it's a, it's a big problem and if there's low visibility going on then that's even worse because everybody's just uh, delayed anyway and I think that they they cancel a lot of short haul ops um, when the weather's bad just because they can't make the timetable work
3: yeah absolutely now whether, what sort of impact that the third runway is gonna make if ever it gets built I mean it's decades away uh, if and when it gets built, but that should help matters. But I suspect they'll just jam that one to the rafters as well, and you'll be in exactly the same situation before too long with um, under capacity in terms of uh, apron to put aircraft on and uh, runways to land them on and take them off. So I, it's a shame that they're not expanding Gatwick as well. Or maybe they will. I mean, that's that option has not been uh, thoroughly killed off. So you may see a second runway at Gatwick as well. But uh, so what about? Um, the BA experience as a whole. I, I know you're quite a fan, and I, I'm generally a fan. But it, it frustrates me a little bit sometimes that BA uh, joining the race to the bottom. They're you know competing with Ryanair in terms of offering. Uh, I don't know what you call it, segmented service. You know you you pay for each bit that you want, whereas traditionally BA you you would buy a ticket, you get your luggage thrown in, you get a meal, you get a, a t- refreshments, you get tea, coffee, the bar, whatever you wanted. And over the years, that just seems. To have been eroded away, the sandwiches have gradually been getting smaller and smaller. Uh, you now, I understand, you pay to check in a bag, you pay to choose your seat, much as you will with Ryanair. Uh, and I think it's a shame because I think there is definitely still a market for people who are willing to pay a bit extra to get a, a fully inclusive service. Because I mean, you know, what's what's to differentiate BA now from EasyJet or anyone else?
0: Yeah, that's exactly the point. I think if you want to pay a bit extra, a premium for a uh, a fully inclusive service, which is uh, baggage, seat, uh, handling, and everything else that you get, and some reasonable food. I mean, certainly on the short-haul legs, uh, Edinburgh and Glasgow, which I do a lot, it's a packet of crisps um, and a cup of tea. That's about it. Pip's phone's going off, but we'll just pretend that hasn't happened. Um, And uh, I think the the, the problem really is that they... um, they've tried to to do too much and and the the problem with that is that they end up not satisfying everybody all the time so to try and compete with the low-cost carriers uh but actually being a uh, full-service carrier is a problem i think and we won't get back to where we were before i'm convinced of that i think the the problem now is having as pip said having now gone for a a race to the bottom uh, it will only get worse
3: yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it's a real shame. I mean, I suppose there are carriers out there who are still, uh, you know, have not gone down that route. Look at Virgin, you know, they're not offering that. But I suppose they're a different company, really, offering something, you know, just long haul only, so it's a bit different. Funnily enough, just yesterday, um, I don't know why, but on my Facebook feed, uh, one of the classic BA adverts from the 1980s came up. And, you know, it finished with that, uh, the world's favourite airline thing. I don't think they use that anymore. Uh, and that's a shame because you know it really used to be something a bit special didn't it? It was a, a real premium service I must say I like the new Queen's Terminal I think that's terrific I think it's uh, very efficient really nice uh, experience. The lounges there are fantastic actually uh, they do some really nice grub, so that's a pleasure to go through there and I think BA do operate a couple of flights out of there Have you used that one yet? The new Queen's Terminal?
0: Is that the terminal? What used to be terminal? Two wasn't it? Yes, that used to be for the European carriers exclusively, didn't it? At one point, but as you say, there are a couple of BA flights operate out there. I've picked some people up from the airport there. I haven't actually flown out of there myself, but uh, I mean they've had to improve all of it. I mean the whole uh, infrastructure around Heathrow is pretty restricted. And at the end of the day. It is a a shopping centre with a couple of runways and a lot of roadbooks, that's what it's been for the last 25 years. I
3: yeah, I think that sums up most airports. That's that's the thing. That, I don't know how it all started or who who started it or where it came from, but it really drives me mad now. Where you go through security and you're herded like cattle through the duty free shops. You have to walk the little maze. You know, there's no shortcut through. It's like it's like IKEA. If you ever go to IKEA, you've got you forced to walk up and down the aisles, and you get trapped there for weeks on end. It's much like that, and it it uh, it, it frustrates me sometimes. But anyway, let's let's end on a, a positive note. So, you're a big BA fan, and you're going to continue to use them. Um, you're going to retain your silver this year. Well, I've got a bit of flying to do, and in fact, I might have to uh, pay myself
0: for a bit of business class short haul uh, into Europe in order to retain it, I think, because I've got until I think about the middle of April. Um, I'm off to Toronto in May, but of course, that won't really. helpful because it will be past their year-end but uh, no i'm still a big fan as i say but my only regret is that they have chosen to uh, have more of a low-cost carrier model on certainly these short haul routes and i think that will probably be to the
3: detriment of the airline long term yeah you're probably right now i still use ba quite a lot Um, not that i have a choice it's what uh, work books for us because we get some very good uh, deals with with ba so i'm going to continue to use them Anyhow, I think I need another 100 tier points to maintain my bronze, or um, I think 8 more flights did I say, or 13 more flights I think before next April. I think raising to the dizzy heights of silver is just a pipe dream for me, I'm never going to get there, so I'll look up at you Nev and and be envious, always. Anyway, uh, well that's our our thoughts on on Heathrow and BA, a bit of a a rambling segment, but uh, something different, I'm sure the guys will like it. Anyway, so. For Plane Talking UK, this is me, Pip. going to say goodbye and see you next week. And from Senev. And it's bye from me as well. Thanks very much indeed for listening. See you later, guys.
2: Website: www.plaintalkinguk.com
3: or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk on Twitter via at plaintalkinguk or get in touch via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.
1: And a massive thank you to Pilot Pip, of course, and Sir Neville Bounds. For Who sending I'm delighted in. to say he's back. He's back. <laughs> he's back with us again. Hello, Nev.
0: What a shocking uh, technical moment that was. That was uh, absolutely appalling. So, we're going uh, to blame BT that was, uh, for that. We're Just suddenly, no internet. <laughs> it was working a treat all afternoon.
2: Absolutely. Well, no, I, I, and for the rest of us mere mortals, um, uh, Nev from NevTech, we're actually very excited that it, it's not only us that it happens to, frankly. Yeah. So, absolutely. <laughs> no, even, but great, Nev, great even Nev segment, can though. have uh, technical faults. But, yeah, no, brilliant. Yeah. yeah, great segment. Well done, well, well, guys. Really, it's very much, a, I said to, when I was talking to Carlos, I said it was very much a. a, a Delightful, sort of in conversation with. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Really good, really good. Yeah, more like that, please. Uh, uh, Pip, just grab random yeah, people. You, should you meet up, meet, you up f- meet up for food more often. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very, very, very nice. Very oh, enjoyed yeah. that. But, um, and that is Terminal Two, isn't it? The the, the new Queen Elizabeth because Terminal One doesn't exist at the moment, if my memory serves. Um, I, I don't Ask what... Nev, he knows. Yeah, I've they... only
1: have f- flown from Terminal Five now. Yeah,
2: yeah well, no, it. I used to deli- I used to drop passengers off to Terminal One quite a lot because it was the. Go to the first one and then up, on, up onto the ramp, which is where the, the coach uh, dumping point was, if you like, but uh, mm. I know that's all closed now. Do, do you know, what, what that Nev, I mean, you may not know the answer to this, are, are they planning to do something with Terminal 1? What are they planning to reopen it as, or is it just being de- demolished? <laughs>
0: Do you know, I can't actually remember, to be honest with you, Matt, but I, I think that the uh, obviously the, the a lot of the infrastructure around the airport and all all the buildings are so old yeah. now, they, they've had to, having now built Terminal 5, yeah. which has kind of set the standard for the rest of the airport, yeah. they've just had to upgrade everything. Yeah. And also when there's um, things like Star Alliance flights, so they try and make sure that people like United and SAS fly out of the same terminal, for yeah. example, so it's easier to, uh, to get around when you're changing flights and, and that kind of thing.
2: Yeah. No, no, that's fair enough. It is fair enough. I was just, just curious because it was, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, it makes me laugh a little bit because it's Terminal 5. You're right there. Uh, it make, makes me laugh oh, that it's dear. Terminal 5, but in fact, actually, it's only technically, it's only Terminals 2 to 5 now, isn't it? There is no such mm. thing as a Terminal yeah. 1. But, so, uh, so
1: first off in the chat room, here we go. Mash has put something very good, actually. Mash has put, this chat room is kind of like a large pub. Right, okay. <laughs> I like that That's yeah. good <laughs> okay. um, Pilot Pip has put uh, uh, No,
2: it, it, it's, it's a pub full of
1: aviation of geeks avi- that's, yeah, what, I know. that's what it is uh, Pilot yeah. Pip has put Terminal 1 will be the Sir Nev. I'm uh, quite
2: right absolutely oh. yeah, sponsored by british airways obviously yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I like that. <laughs> other airlines of course are available so moving yeah. briskly on yeah because uh, we've
1: yeah. got uh, we've got a bit of a uh, little bit of military news yeah. and, and then and we matt have got go our competition delivery.
2: yeah matt has to go and deliver his parcels again otherwise uh, the people of bungie will be wondering where their Hermes yeah. deliveries are so <laughs> absolutely so let's
1: <laughs> kick off with some military news if you're ready sir neville yes i am yep let's go So the first uh, story on the military segment for this week is on the Royal Air Force's website, the RAF, and the headline is Royal Air Force Typhoon's first visit to Brunei. Mm -hmm. So the Royal Air Force Typhoon jets have visited the Sultanate of Brunei, Darussalam, for the first time. Four typhoons and a Voyager tanker transport aircraft are currently returning to the UK after participating in three exercises in the Asia-Pacific region. The most ambitious deployment in recent years, exercise Eastern Venture, has demonstrated the UK's commitment to the region and its global contribution to security. During the stopover, the Commander Royal Brunei Armed Forces Major General Dato Paduka, Seri
2: Mohd, Tawi bin Abdullah met.
1: Blimey. I'm,
0: really,
2: I'm really sorry, I didn't quite catch that. Can I have that one again, please? So that's a, a
0: great score in Scrabble, isn't it? I know. It,
2: it sounds amazing. It? That's got to be at least one triple word score, isn't it? So he met the <laughs> uh, he met the
1: Royal Air Force personnel who were been Did he? training right. with. Uh, Who's that partners, again, sorry? Uh, Bob. <laughs> And allies in Malaysia, Japan and Korea. <laughs> the Major General accepted an invitation to sit in the cockpit of a typhoon before having D, who's a, that again? Sorry. a guided tour of the Voyager. I'm going to kick you in a minute. <laughs> Asked his views on the Royal Air Force's visit, he said, To me, it's a very significant uh, sign of friendship and cooperation. It shows the confidence and the trust we have with each other. He added, this is the first time I've been up close to a Typhoon and I think it's impressive. Your pilots are very professional and I really appreciate the opportunity to tour the Typhoon and Voyager aircraft. You are most welcome to Brunei any The British High Commissioner, His Excellency David Campbell, said this is a very special moment in, in a country where the UK has such very strong relations, including defence, energy and education. This gives a very strong, powerful message that the UK is an outward-looking country. To have the RAF here is a great signal to the UK uh, that the UK is very focused on Asia-Pacific, Brunei and Southeast Asia. The strong and warm relationship that exists between the United Kingdom and Brunei includes extensive links in defence training. The UK is a world leader in providing international defence training and the Sultan of Brunei's son, Her- His Royal Highness Prince Mateen, is currently undergoing flying training with the Royal Air Force, so there we go. So a bit of uh, mm. well, we're going everywhere now. Well, I mean, indeed, we've, we've yeah. had the Red Absolutely. Arrows at the uh, air show in China.
2: Yes, yeah,
1: and uh, now our guys are kind of um, doing doing lots of things with other countries, which is fantastic. Mm. I think.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The next story, uh, this is on the Flight Global website, and the headline is that two A400M transports make air-to-air refuelling contact. Airbus Defence and Space has carried out two test flights at its facility in Seville, Spain, to evaluate the air-to-air refuelling capabilities of its A400M strategic support. Uh, During the flights, 50 contacts between the two A400Ms were made in both uh, level flight and during turns. Wow, that's, that's really... Frightening, uh, using a hose and drum add-on kit that enables the Atlas to refuel large aircraft. The A400M is the only aircraft in its class with a third refueling point in addition to its standard underwing pods. Airbus Defence and Space says the transport has a says uh, so has a baseline uh, fuel capacity of 63,500 liters. Uh, now that's, that's 16,700 something or others. What's the G A US gallons? Yes. Sorry, that's very special offer uh, <laughs> <laughs> that can be increased with two extra cargo hold tanks, each carrying 7,200 liters. Airbus says it can pass fuel via the hose and drum system at a rate of 2,000 liters per minute. The technique would allow the A400M to carry a 20-ton payload, more than 6,000 nautical miles or 11,000 kilometers non-stop from Paris, France, to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Airbus. Process. The uh, standard A400M aircraft has full provisions for air-to-air refuelling operations already installed and only requires the rapid installation of the optional air-to-air refuelling kit to become a tanker. Very cool.
1: I know, it's one of uh, mm. the favourite aircraft that uh, that I saw. Oh, we all saw... Oh, hold on, There's... Uh, Computer's going mad again. It's
2: good. This is going really well this one week. One of isn't the it? <laughs>
1: one of the more interesting aircraft that we uh, we yeah. saw this year and last year mm-hmm. at Riyadh. and uh, and yeah, it was uh, yep. one of the no, one aircraft. Yeah, the was. 400M was one of the aircraft that uh, I took a rather a large amount of photos. Yes. I actually took a really good display on. Yeah. Uh, and obviously it's the aircraft that me and Pip uh, got on board as well. Oh, you did last didn't you? Yes, yeah, yeah. Riyadh, but the RIA, yeah. yeah, yeah. We yes, got yes, on board the flight deck of that one. That was you uh, uh, amazing. You had a chance to go on board the 400M at all uh, Nev?
0: No I'd love to do that and uh, what a great looking aircraft it is as well. Incredible performance isn't it? It's Mm. a really nice machine, really good job.
1: So the last uh, one for you Nev on Flight Global.
0: Yeah, actually, this is uh, about the A400M as well. And uh, Spain has taken delivery of its first uh, A400M tactical transport, which will now be transitioned to its home operating base at Zaragoza in the northeast of the country. Uh, aircraft MSN 44 carried out its maiden flight from Airbus's Seville final assembly site in September and is the first of 27 examples on order for spain every delivery to every customer is of huge importance to us uh, but being able to hand over the first aircraft to spain from our final assembly line in seville is a source of particular pride says fernando alonso airbus's defense and space's uh, head of should. military aircraft i thought you were I, a think a should, I think you should driver, have stuck to formula yeah, one I think personally i yeah, yeah, um, yes. <laughs> just saying. Saying. Uh, actually, I, I have seen this guy on uh, many Airbus programs, actually, yes. and every time they say, This is Fernando Alonso from Airbus, <laughs> I've got to, got to come out <laughs> yeah. with a, a iffy yeah. comment. Martin, like I'm that.
2: sorry? Yes. <laughs> um,
0: the uh, A400M will replace Madrid's Lockheed Martin C 130H fleet, and its Air Force operates 12 of the type, which range from 32 to 42 years old. Flight Fleet's analyzer shows Mm. the uh, Atlas can carry almost double the payload over the same distance as the Hercules, or twice the same, uh, or the same load twice as far. Airbus says this is the thirty-fourth A four hundred M delivery from a total of one hundred and seventy-four on order, and Spain is the sixth nation to receive the type after France, Germany, Malaysia, Turkey, and the UK. Mm. And although. 27 examples are on order for spain the air force announced in 2015 that it will initially guarantee to take delivery of only 14 of these at a reduced uh, pace up to 2022 it will then look at funding options to cover deliveries post 2025 for the remaining 13, or look at alternative sales avenues for the aircraft. And the delivery came days after Airbus announced that the two A400Ms had successfully demonstrated the in-flight transfer of fuel using a fuselage hose, a house, hose and drum unit. Easy for you to say, yeah. To so say they,
1: they've had a few, a few problems with this in, in the past, you know, and that with the A400M, but I tell you what, this has proven to be quite a uh, popular it little, is a good seller uh, aircraft for, uh, yeah, for yeah, military yeah, for the yeah, Airbus. Isn't mm-hmm. yeah. Um,
2: yeah, there aren't many military um, uh, divisions, I suppose, that don't have one. Is really, I mean, most well, people, most what, in Europe. Yeah, all in Europe. Most. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, there is one in the states as well, isn't there?
1: I'm the um, just looking at their operators. We've got Germany, France, yeah. Spain, the U- UK, yeah. Turkey, Belgium, Luxembourg, and Malaysia mm. uh, as well. I've got orders for four. Malaysia yeah. have. So Yeah, yeah
2: um. no, that's good. Well, that brings our military segment to a close. Now, um, Christmas, I'm, I, I know that's a swear word, uh, and I'm very, very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed, I didn't mean to offend anyone. Uh, but uh, to, uh, to not to alarm anyone, but Christmas is rapidly approaching. And with that in mind, uh, because we like to give people as much time as possible, uh, it's time to announce and launch our Christmas competition.
1: So this ties in with uh, the event that me and Matt had on Thursday where we went and saw the Sully film ah, yes, in the cinema we had uh, a really good night there we saw did. the film with have yep. actually we can say we've seen the film now yep. in IMAX yes, it was which in full was IMAX. fantastic yeah, yeah
2: absolutely now, there's a little bit of confusion I think over, over the uh, that what I was talking about actually it's, uh, it, the, the thing is I mean it was and I'm, I'm only looking at the, my, my not complaint but my observation if you like uh, looking at it is now I watch a lot of films I mean me and my friend Tom, we must see at least one film uh, every couple of weeks, you know, I mean, we're, we're going to, uh, I, I go so often I'm giving serious consideration to Odeon's uh, Limitless Scheme, that's how often I go to the, mm. the cinema, because that, you know, I don't smoke and I don't drink, and that, that is my pleasure, and I do, I do love sort of the whole whole thing and it was a great I, I really enjoyed it I really really enjoyed it but I think as you pointed out actually I think in, in, with some of the comments that we had when we did that video yeah. the one thing that was clearly lacking bearing in mind it's only what a week away just over a week away from when it's actually re- on general second release second of December second of December it's on yeah. general release here in the in UK, the UK. Yeah. and in the Odeon cinema in Norwich and I can only vouch for the one in Norwich because that's the only one that we've been to there wasn't a single Sully poster no. anywhere no. at all and and that that's it's quite sad, really, because it, it is... I think what I meant was it's quite a niche um, film, isn't it? It's yeah. only really going to appeal to real aviation enthusiasts. And it's actually a, a real shame because it is a beautiful film. Yeah. It's a really, yeah. really nice film. Um, but here in the UK, there perhaps isn't going to be quite the... I mean, I, I was talking to Mum, actually, earlier, that the, the issue that or the observation that we had is... Um, obviously, in the States, I mean, like our 24-hour rolling news here, I mean, if you get a major story here in the UK, it's on permanent loot for three weeks, isn't it, while they're sort of trying to find it. And, of course, that will have no doubt been the same in the States. Mm. But, of course, here, I mean, when when the story broke of, of, of the, the, the plane sort big. of landing... It was big. It was big, but it was only a couple of days. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, you know, media went back to wars in Iraq and, and all that kind of thing. And that's more what I meant by perhaps the interest in the UK here won't be anywhere near as big or passionate as it is in the states yeah. which is a shame because having seen it if it weren't to be honest with you if it weren't for the show it probably wouldn't have been a film i would have normally gone to go mm. and see and it's a shame <laughs> because, no it, no its isn't i'm just being yeah. honest i'm just being honest but it is a really beautiful film and if you are a lover it's been very well done. you were quite impressed with how, how I, much detail they went yeah, into yeah
1: i i found the film to be to be Really, really, really accurate. Yeah, uh, with what they mm. the, the the visuals they show the yeah. you know the flight very deck, dramatic in places. Um, everything was you know this is probably one of the better or best yeah. um, aviation related films that yeah. I've seen for accuracy because uh, nine times out of ten these films tend to be yeah. very inaccurate. Uh, yeah. But it was it was brilliant. It had me on the edge of my seat for quite a few portions of the film. Yeah and uh, I will be mm. personally, you know, ordering this on Blu-ray yeah, as soon as it becomes you know, available. And, and,
2: it, um. and it, it was really, really nice. And, and uh, you know, uh, Clint Eastwood, to be honest with you as a director, I do struggle with sometimes. Um, but uh, this... Well, He's done well. This, he did. It was, it was, it was very, um, well, very beautifully portrayed, the whole story. For, for me as a novice sort of coming into it, because I don't really remember a lot about the original story. Um, and, you know, it was just very good. Have, it, have you seen it yet, Nev? I don't suppose you have, have you?
0: No, I haven't, no, so I'm going to have to wait until the uh, 2nd of December before yeah, it comes out it in our local well cinema. It. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's yeah. well worth it. Definitely, in, in the I, the IMAX, yeah. just makes it all um, It is worth doing all the full, that to full to IMAX, better, yeah. it, was, it was stunning. So to tie in with uh, with the film, our, uh, our competition this year, which is our Christmas competition this year, which is a caption competition. We've got a f- photo Uh, That was taken by our amazing photographer Dan Hannington. Those of you uh, uh, regular listeners to the show know Dan takes some awesome photos photos, um, over at DH Aviation on Instagram. You can find him over there. Uh, but Dan took this photo of me and Matt and uh, sent it to us, and very yes. kindly has allowed us to use it for our caption competition <laughs> this year. <laughs> I'm not the. Um, so the prizes, <laughs> uh, so the prizes. We've got a couple of a couple of prizes. Well, we've got three prizes in yes. total. Uh, so we've got uh, we've got two of these. But I'm going to show you this. Held is here. We've got two of these uh, to give away. The, this is the book uh, made for the film uh, yeah. Sully, Miracle on the Hudson, paperback book. It's got some really great uh, photos inside as well. You can see there. Those of you in the YouTube yeah. chat room will be able to see yeah. um, some really good photos. Really, lovely also book actually some yeah. black and white photos. I can't believe
2: it was printed by you, frankly. I know it's great, <laughs> isn't it
1: There we go. And some brilliant photos in there mm. of, uh, of 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 Sally when he was in the in the in the force. In the his, uh, as well, yeah. 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 Um, so we've got two copies of that to uh, to give away. Yeah. Uh, the star prize, our first prize, uh, is uh, is something a bit special, and uh, it. Uh, it's a limited edition um, thing, which this is. Uh, it's uh, 10th anniversary of the TriStar uh, Airbridge to the Falklands. There's a surprise, I ladies know. and gentlemen. I'm amazed I you know. haven't kept this for yourself. And basically, Thank this me. is, for you guys in the YouTube chat room, you can see there. this is a, a card that was taken on board the 10th anniversary flight of the TriStar Airbridge to the Falkland Islands. Um, you can see uh, just over here... Uh, For those of you in the YouTube chat room, this has been signed by uh, the Governor of the Falkland Islands uh, and also signed by Group Captain uh, Dixon from the Officer-Commanding Royal Air Force Mount Pleasant. Also at the bottom here, it's been signed by Wing Commander uh, Hart Bottle from the Officer-Commanding No. 216 Squadron, 216 Squadron being uh, obviously the the TriStar Squadron. On the back... Also, it's been signed there by the uh, squadron leader J.D. Allen from the Royal Air Force, the officer commanding Port and Movement Squadron, Royal Air Force, Mount Pleasant. Uh, now, this is number two hundred and ninety-seven of six hundred. There were six hundred of these flown on board the uh, the aircraft, and uh, also inside here is quite a nice little story as well, all about the Tristar air bridge to the Falkland Islands. Uh, telling all about the tanker stuff and everything they've done uh, with uh, with the uh, with the aircraft, so it's it's a lovely little gift. It's mm-hmm. uh, in uh, in obviously in immaculate condition. It's something to keep to put aside in the uh, in the in the loft somewhere or mm-hmm. in a, in a box somewhere. A collector's item, very true, Mariana. Mm-hmm. A collector's item. Yeah. Like I said, it's all been signed. It's got all the relative stamps and everything on. It's uh, it's an, it's really good. And, uh, if you're an aviation enthusiast, this
2: is this is well, It's even got very the much stamp, look, 15 oh, four- pence. Oh, well, back in the day. There we go, look,
1: 15 <laughs> pence, look, Mount Pleasant yeah. uh, post office mm. there. Mm.
2: Uh, from the Fernando miles. says he wants one. Well, there you are, you, you need to dream up an excellent... Uh... So, in order
1: to win <laughs> yes. uh, uh, one of these items, what we're going to do, we're going to have uh, mm. a picture, which Matt will put up in a second, yes. uh, which was taken uh, this year at Riyadh, yep. and we want you to come up with the
2: most... Mm. Funniest yeah. caption that the, you can for the photo. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm going to pop the photo up here on 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 our YouTube uh, feed. Uh, for those of you listening are in in the world of audio lands, so if you've downloaded it as a podcast, if you take yourself to our social media feeds, that's both on Facebook and Twitter, you'll find the picture there on our Facebook page. We'll actually pin the tweet or yeah, pin, we'll pin, pin me, the uh, picture to the picture top. to yeah. the top, so it's easy yeah. for you to find. Uh, we can't do that, I don't think, on Twitter, can we? We, we might be able to. I don't might be. I'll we, have yeah. a look, but I'll but definitely so put anyway, the details it on Facebook. Yeah, okay. And yeah. we'll make sure we keep posting it on a regular basis. Uh, and uh, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Here I'm, is the I'm, picture. I'm, I'm For those really, of you on YouTube. I'm really not looking forward to this at all, and you and I are going to have a serious, serious words by the end of this. So there we are, ladies and gentlemen. That is the caption competition. And basically the person who captions that photograph... The best uh, will win uh, one of our fantastic three prizes. For those
1: of you guys in the YouTube chat room, there is the photograph we want you to write (laughs) a short, funny caption to. Now, what Mm. we're going to do, we're going to... Obviously, we're going to close the competition on our last live show before yes. Christmas. Yep. Okay. And uh, the me and Matt are not going to choose the winner. We're going to put this to uh, a few of the guys yep. um, who know me and Matt from, uh, from the flight school yep. who are going to look at this picture and they're going to... Um, Put two, two and choose. two together, yeah, and hopefully yeah. <laughs> come up with the
2: funniest one. Yeah, the funniest three. Yeah. So, so of them. Uh, in fairness, no, neither myself or Carlos will have the final say. Uh, it, it's going to go out to a panel at the Flying School. Because we could be, we could be, we could be biased. biased yeah, we? And we could so, say mile as one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, so, <laughs> to, so, to ensure that that doesn't happen, to ensure that complete fair play has taken place, the winners will be chosen by uh, the wonderful people at the Beckles Flying School. So, if you want to bribe them, by all means, knock yourselves out but uh, yes so there we are that is um, (laughs) we've got a few coming in already Mariana says Al sees nuggets Uh, so for those of
1: you guys listening uh, to the audio podcast I want to know uh, what
2: Captain Al was doing to me at the time for me to make that face I
1: know (laughs) no for you for those of you guys listening to the audio podcast don't forget take uh, yourselves over to our Facebook page check out our Facebook page uh, and I'll get this on Twitter as well. Indeed. Uh, and if not, you can obviously look back at the YouTube show when it's published uh, in, a, in a day or two's time. You can watch it oh, Do you know again. what I like
2: about that picture the most? Can you see? You can see a really rubbish laptop on the right-hand side, and then to the left of it, you, where you're sitting for a change, you've got a really quality piece of equipment just in front of you.
1: All I can see is, is some horrible thing with a, like a picture of an <laughs> apple on with a bite taken out of it. Stop it. it. And, and, a, and a quality... <laughs> Uh, aluminium yeah. shelled laptop with Dell written
2: really on. right well, no, yeah. no no no. I, I, I'm sorry I, I'm just very excited but I didn't know you were an, a- an Apple man mm,
1: yeah. <laughs> no I do like apples just not the computer ones right okay um, so yeah get your answers for those <sighs> of you want to see your answers I'm
2: not reading that out that is
1: Anyway, I, I, um, I'm so for those of you who want to uh, want to uh, want to enter the competition, <clears throat> send your answers over to us at the show. You can yes. either use the contact submission yeah. form on the website, Plain they UK. Nev's got his serious com. face on,
2: by the way. I'm a bit worried, <laughs> and or you
1: can uh, just send your email to podcast at PlainTalkingUK com.
2: In, uh, in fact, actually, uh, can you send all of your um, comments, please. So, send all of your uh, competition entries. Please don't use the um, uh, comments boxes and things uh, on Facebook and Twitter because they will get missed, basically. Yeah, so the yeah make sure. Do. Yeah,
1: don't use the Facebook uh, yeah. message thing. Definitely p- uh, email them to us yeah, so, so, so podca- then we won't lose them. Podcast
2: yeah. at plain UK dot com, or by all means, use the contact um, page uh, on our website, which is www.suredbaggers. But a great picture. Yes, picture, indeed, yeah. yes. Absolutely. It is a
1: good picture. I mean, we, we appreciate Dan very much for yeah, letting us use absolutely. the picture. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. good good on Dan for taking the picture. Yeah, absolutely.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm really worried about what made. I can't. I have no idea what. what made What me are come your out views, place? Nev?
1: <laughs> a, any, uh, any, any sort of thoughts from you, Nev? At all?
0: There's just there's there's three messages there, isn't there? Whichever way you look at it, you know the three of you are, are all doing or saying something completely different. <laughs> different. Absolutely. So yeah, if you can find a way of tying all three in together, that
2: would be really, really handy. <laughs>
1: God, I'm looking forward to this. I will tell you, yeah, it's going to make make for an interesting Sli- Christmas show. Slightly
2: horrified. Yeah, absolutely. Yes.
1: So that's where we're going to bring. Um, uh, episode 139 of the Plain Talking UK podcast to a close. A massive, massive thanks to everyone in the chat room who's joined us for the show today. Yeah. And uh, taking time out of your day, as always, to, uh, to listen to us. Don't forget, go over to, uh, for those of you, go to, over to iTunes and downloading the show there. If you get a few minutes, please, please leave us a little uh, review on the iTunes mm. page because it does help us uh, to put and promote it the show does, yeah. on iTunes. Mm. Uh, don't forget to look out for the links uh, to uh, the competition on Facebook and Twitter. I'll try and get them up on there as quickly as I can. Yep. And, uh, yeah, next week, Matt won't be here. I will be on my own, but I'm hoping to have someone in the studio with me to uh, help me with yes, the so show? brace
2: yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in absolutely ages, it's going to be a really good show, because I'm not <laughs> going to be here, which is great news. So, uh, yes. Uh, so, yeah, so, so probably be, end up being Poppy. Yeah, uh, right, yeah, Poppycat, yeah, yeah, will be sat in my seat. She was, well, to be fair, she can't press the buttons any worse than I can, to be fair, so <laughs> that's going to go really well. Oh, yes,
1: Miley. Um, Myl- but by the way, sub- Miley. Yes, yes, I did
2: get your message, yes, don't panic. Uh, okay, right, good. Uh, so, uh, yes, that that is, as I say, where we bring the, the show to a close. As I say, Carlos will be flying solo in the studio next week, so please make sure you're there to help him along. And uh, if you could try and keep things focused, Carlos, so I have very little editing to do, that would also be uh, eternally uh, helpful. And, uh, yes, that's where we bring episode 139 to a close. So uh, I'm, I've got a week off because... Uh, uh, I've got so much going on, and it's, it, it is a big He It's his party weekend. It next is, weekend. Which means So, which so don't means forget
1: oh, to get okay. your messages sent in to me and to play see for Matt. Oi! Hey!
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yes, yeah, so I can't wait to... Uh, uh, I have the great
0: pleasure of the legend that is Nev and Mrs. Nev. They're coming yeah. to my party as well. Can't wait to see you, Nev. It's going to be great. Yeah, looking forward to it, and uh, maybe I should bring my little uh, Tascam recorder and microphone as Absolutely well. With not. Some, uh, nope, <laughs> <from> <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely
2: not. You are forbidden from bringing any kind of recording devices anywhere near me when I'm drunk. And we're uh, looking, <laughs> we're looking forward
1: to uh, to welcoming, welcoming you and Sue here yes, to, to, to uh, P2K headquarters.
0: Yeah, yeah, very
2: exciting.
0: Uh, they tell they tell me it's an excellent hotel. Yeah. And, oh, yes, yeah. With, uh, the, the yeah. breakfast's a bit rubbish. I won't lie, but, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs>
2: I would, I would say that. Anyway, so, come on.
1: So, thanks, have, for, uh, p- thanks for joining us anyway, Nev. It's been yeah. lovely to have you on today.
0: Pleasure, guys. Great, uh, great to uh, speak to you again. Thanks. Always, always, always. Right. So, uh, so that's it then.
2: That is it. Yes. And uh, yes. Uh, until next week, then, guys. Uh, I won't be here. Uh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'll see you all very, very soon from all of us here in the studio. Goodbye.
0: Goodbye. Okay,